Well, welcome to Thrive Church. We are so happy to have you here with us today. My name is Judah, and I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive. And we welcome you uh, to all of our campuses, Terryville, Torrington, New Britain, online, on TV, wherever it is that you may be uh, watching or listening to this. We welcome you. And we are in a series called Wind Chasers, Wind Chasers. And, and throughout this series, what we're talking about is we're talking about the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is, is, a, is a book of the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. And this is a book of poetry. And it's kind of, a, kind of honestly, it's kind of depressing poetry a little bit, which is, uh, which is kind of right up my speed, I guess. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, how uh, the, the, the author was talking about how life tends to be meaningless, how it seems like it's meaningless at times in life. And, and today we're going to be talking about time and seasons. And, and just so I don't go over, I got a little timer here so we can set it and so you can make sure I don't speak too long, okay? So, you know, th this is like what our life is, though. We, we have a, a finite amount of time that we have in our life. And in our life, we go through seasons, we go through ups, and we go through downs. And, and this theme, I think, hits close to home for us because there's different seasons that we go through and there's some unpredictable seasons and there's some baffling seasons that we go through in our life. There's these highs and there's these lows and then it seems like there's everything in between. What season are you in in life? You know, time is passing. Time is passing. Even now, the time is ticking away. And, and we would love to, to be able to make it go faster sometimes. Sometimes we'd like to make it go slower. We'd like to, to control it if we could. See, seasons, they, they come and seasons go. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. For everything there's a season. There's a season for everything. In other words, if you're taking notes, life isn't random chaos. It's a series of seasons. It's seasons that we go through. Some up seasons and some down seasons. Seasons of, of planting, right? If you've ever had a garden, there's seasons of planting, and there's also seasons of harvesting, right? You can't harvest until you plant. There's seasons of tearing down and seasons of building up. Seasons of weeping and seasons of laughing. Seasons of mourning and seasons of, of dancing. You know, I'm one of the few people that actually loves our state that we live in. Anybody else here love Connecticut? Okay, not many. A couple of you. A couple of kind of half-hearted. You know, Connecticut is the number one state that people would move out of if they could. It's like 51% of people would love to leave, you know. And I'm not going to ask you for, for a poll of that because I know it's going to be probably 50%. But here's the thing. I love Connecticut. I love it. I, I've traveled all out, all throughout the country. I've seen many other states. And, and, and I just, I love it because there's such a variety. There's a variety of mountains and cities and oceans and all of these things. But you know one thing that's special about this area is our seasons, right? We have four equal seasons, and these seasons embody what each season means, right? Like, for example, we're in winter right now. And I know, any winter fans here? Okay, a couple of you, not, not many, but a couple of you guys love, like, winter. Well, winter, you know, here in Connecticut, it's cold, and we complain about it, right? Like, we are good at complaining. We, in fact, we'll complain about every season, right? Like, let's be honest. We're, we're good at that. But winter, it's cold, and we get snow, right? That's what you know winter as. And then springtime, well, you get the thaw, and everything starts to come back to life again. And the, the, the leaves, they, they bud, and, and flowers start to bloom, and we start to, to plant things, 
Then summer comes along, and we have sun, and we have hot, and we have beach days, and for me, boat days. We have all of these things because summer, like it's what summer is supposed to be. And then we have the fall. And man, isn't the fall just beautiful? We get the fall foliage, and we get, we get leaves that are falling, and, and we have you know, the, the cold, chilly nights, and all of these things, and we have these four great seasons. We have these great seasons. So, so on the count of three, I want you just to shout out what your favorite season is, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Summer. Oh, I heard a lot of summer in there, and a couple falls, and then I don't know. I don't know. I didn't hear many winters, but I love, you know, I actually love all of them because they help us to appreciate the next one, right? See, this is what this is talking about. This is talking about the seasons, not a seasons that we go through you know, with weather, but the seasons that we go through with life. See, life doesn't just come in a straight line. We wish that it would, but it's actually a series of ups and downs. It's more like a roller coaster, twi- twists and turns. It seems like we're, we're, we're going up and things are going great, and then before we know it, things are on the downhill. And, and here's the kicker, that we don't get to control the ride. We don't get to control the seasons of life that we go through. So we're going to continue on here in Ecclesiastes, continuing the second verse. It says this, a time to be born and a time to die. Right? There's a time for that. There's a time all of us are born, and then we all have an appointment. You know, we, we, have, we have a certain amount of grains of sand in our hourglass, so to speak. And ultimately, it'll run out for each of us. There's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. It says there's a time to plant, and a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time for every purpose, right? Under heaven, as, you know, Pete Seeger from the birds said. You know, that's where he got this from. You know, it's just plagiarism, you know? Like like it says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. He just like took it and said, I'm gonna make a song out of this one. In fact, the first band I was in, we're like, we're going to do this song, and we butchered it, you know, but, uh, but we tried it anyway. So here's the thing, though. There's a time, it's saying, saying there's seasons of life that we go through. There's ups and there's downs. There, 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 there's planting and there's harvesting. There's being born and there's dying. There's grieving and there's dancing. But do we try to force our own timing on life's events, on the seasons of life? Are we pushing for, for promotions that we're really not ready for? Are we rushing a relationship that, that may not even be the wisest thing for us? Are we trying to skip the hard parts of life? Are we trying to, to just advance when, when maybe we should be taking a step back? Are we trying to control the seasons of life? It's like trying to plant seeds in the wintertime and then wonder why nothing's growing. It's like we're, we're out of sync. We're out of sync with the seasons that we're going through. In Scripture, there's a common phrase that keeps coming up, and it says, and it came to pass, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. And, and basically, the, the, the idea here is that, that whatever season you're in, it's not going to be there that way forever. Maybe you're in a good season. Well, it's not going to be that way forever. Sorry. 
That's why we're reading Ecclesiastes, right? If you're in a bad season, that's okay too because it's not gonna be that way forever. It came to pass. In your notes, if you're taking them, every season has a purpose. You look at the seasons that we go through now. Every season has a purpose, physical seasons, but also the seasons that we go through in life. Each and every season has a purpose. And it doesn't always promise to be fulfilling and it doesn't always promise to be enjoyable for us but it does serve a purpose. You may be going through a season right now, and you're like, I don't like this season very much. It's uncomfortable, it's painful, it's hurting me. I don't like the season that I'm in, but perhaps the season is filling a greater purpose in your life. It's the cycle, right? The flowers, they, they sprout in the spring, and then they die in the fall, and then they sprout in the spring again. We welcome babies into this world, and then we say goodbye to loved ones. See, if there's no contrast, then it's easy for us to take things for granted. For example, like we're, we're obviously we're in winter right now. And if it wasn't for winter, we probably wouldn't enjoy springtime as much. See, it's the winter that makes it beautiful. I've been in places, I've lived in places that only have like, like, like one and a half seasons, right? They got summer and then they got like this sloppy spring fall kind of mixture. And it's like you never fully appreciate it because, because you're never going through the hardships of winter. I mean, who, who really appreciates a 60 degree day, right? Who appreciates a, a, you know, a, a 60 degree day? We certainly don't appreciate it when it comes you know, in, in, in September, because 60 degrees in September, we're like bundling up. We're all like cold. We're freezing. In fact, I've been, I've been to Texas before, and, and it's a 60-degree day, and it's in the middle of winter, and everybody's out there like in parkas. I'm out there in a T-shirt, right? Because we're like, well, this is nothing. Right now, if there's a 60-degree day tomorrow, we'd all be out there in T-shirts. We'd be going for hikes, breaking out the motorcycle. We're doing all kinds of things. We're like, well, this is a heat wave. We appreciate it. Why? Because it's 12 degrees when we wake up right now. See, it's all about perspective. Sometimes the bad seasons help the good seasons to seem just a little bit better. See, life throws curveballs at us, and we don't like the curveballs. We don't like it when these things come at us and they, and they trip us up, these curveballs that come. One day you're on top of the world, it seems like, and the next day you're at the rock bottom. In your notes, we can't control what happens to us, but what we can control what we can't control is how we respond to it. I can't control what season I'm in. I can't control the circumstances that come my way. I can't control the obstacles and the storms, but what I can control is my response to those things. How do I respond? Do I respond in love? Do I respond in grace? Do I respond in trusting God that he knows what is going on in the situations of my life? See, it's not about the cards that you're dealt in life. If you've ever played card games, you know, often you can get dealt a very bad hand of cards, but if you know how to play them well, you can still win. See, it's about how you play it. Some of us, we've had some bad cards dealt to us in life, and we can sit there, and we can complain, and we can be upset about it, or we can figure out how to play them. Seems like time is our enemy. Just keeps ticking away. Like, time is the enemy, because we're aware of how fleeting everything is. Seems like life is just going by. And the older you get, the faster it seems to go by. And we wish we could have like some kind of remote control, right? Like there's certain seasons we'd like to hit fast forward on, right? It's like, I just want to get through this. I just want to get to the other side of this as quick as possible. And then there's other seasons we wish we could just hit the pause button. Like, let's just pause it right here. 
Like, let me just live here in this moment for a while. There's other things that we say, I would like to rewind back to that season and go back to that season. See, we'd like to slow some seasons down and speed some seasons up, but ultimately we don't have the control over that. We can't control the way it comes. Maybe it's because we don't understand the significance of the season that we're in, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Maybe we don't understand the significance until it's past us. And then when it's in the past, then we begin to understand the significance. Then maybe we begin to see why we went through what we went through. There's many of us in life that we went through difficulties, and it seemed like it was going to kill us, and it seemed like we were going to drown under the pressure, but then we came out stronger on the other side, and we look back and we say, wow, had I not gone through that, I would not be who I am today. See, change is inevitable. Do we resist it or do we embrace it? When change comes, do we resist it or embrace it? How we respond to the seasons, how we respond to the change in life is a choice. We can resist it, we can fear it, we can fight it, or we can embrace it. We can learn from it. We can grow through the difficulties. And the teacher here in Ecclesiastes reminds us of that. Jumping down to verse 11, still in chapter 3, he says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Everything beautiful for its own time. The seasons are beautiful for their own time. God has made it that way. He's made everything beautiful for its own time. He planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people can't see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to end. He says, I planted eternity. We have this longing, this desire to live an eternal life, to live with God forever since he planted it in our heart, but we still don't even grasp it. We still don't even understand it, even though we, we long for that, we desire it. Since he made everything beautiful for its own time. See, joy isn't found by avoiding the storms. Joy is found in learning to thrive during the storm. See, in the middle of the storm, can we thrive? Can we, can we not just barely keep our head above water, but can we actually grow in the middle of the storms that we're facing in life? Or is the storm just knocking us down, knocking us on our back? I just can't stand the storm. Maybe God is working in the storm. Maybe he's bringing something and into the, our life as a result of the storm. Now, forest fires, right? Forest fire. Are they good or bad, right? Forest, did you know right now, this very second, right now, this very second, in America, there's 52 forest fires burning right now, okay? 52, we're in winter time, so it's low. Come summertime, it'll be a whole lot more than that, okay? But did you know that, that fire is essential to habitat vitality? In fact, when I was growing up, there was a mountain that we always used to climb. It was the first mountain I ever uh, really went backpacking on, the first mountain I ever went rock climbing and rappelling on. Uh, I, just, I was always out there, always hiking. Um, first time I ever went backpacking by myself was on this mountain. It's just a, a great mountain. But I remember one night hearing sirens going, and they were heading in the direction of the mountain, and there was a forest fire. And I mean, it just ravaged this mountain. It just destroyed it in so many different ways. And I remember going there after and seeing all the, the charred trees and the, the charred underbrush. And in fact, the, the firemen had taken hoses up through there. And there was just sections of hose just all throughout the woods strung out there as they were trying to fight this forest fire. And it was kind of sad for a little while. But then, guess what? New life began to grow. New life came up from the ashes and, and new trees started to grow. And if you go there now, it, it's full of life and full of vitality. See, fire is essential. Now, in the 1930s and the 1940s, 
They started to, to push what they called fire suppression, meaning that whenever there was a forest fire, they were going to fight it. In fact, they had a time. They said, if we hear about a forest fire, we have to be fighting it by 10 a.m. the next morning. So, so this was their, their goal. They wanted to be out there fighting any of these fire, uh, fires that were going on. In fact, around that time, they built 8,000 fire towers. There's many here in Connecticut. You can go hiking to them. You can climb up the fire towers. People would get up there, and they would watch for fires. And, and it was successful. They fought fires. They brought the annual fire, forest fires down from 30 million acres a year burning down to uh, 2 million acres a year were being burned. And that seems nice, right? That seems nice. Do you know why they did that? You know why they fought the fires? It was all about lumber. It was all about the lumber trade. They, they, it was all the people who were, who were growing trees for lumber. They didn't want it to burn their products up. So they came up with a character named Smokey Bear, and he said, only you can prevent forest fires. Guess what? You can't prevent them. Do you know why? Because, see, see this, is, this is the amazing thing. You're like, where are you going with this? I'll, I'll get to it in a moment, okay? I just think this is fascinating. Smokey Bear misled us, though. Smokey Bear misled us into thinking that humans were responsible for all the forest fires. But guess what? In Yellowstone National Park, on a yearly basis, around six to ten forest fires are started by people. And that's not good. But there's over 35 started every year by lightning. So most of the forest fires are started by lightning. Now here's the thing. They're fighting fires. They're fighting these forest fires. They're putting them out. They're putting them out. 1960s, you know what they realized? There was no new sequoia trees growing. They're like, why aren't the sequoias growing? They didn't realize that it needed the fire. See, the fire would bring nutrients into the soil. There was many plants and species and habitats that could only thrive after a fire came through. And then they realized, wow, well, we, maybe, maybe what we're doing isn't good. Maybe it's not helpful. Sure, we have to protect some homes. We have to protect some things like that. But maybe the fire in the forest is actually there for a purpose to bring new life, new habitats, new vitality to the land. And in much the same way, some of the difficulties in the forest fires that are coming at you in your life are not there to destroy you, but to bring new life, to bring new strength, to bring new vitality into your life. And we're so concerned about fighting the fires in life, sometimes maybe we just need to let it burn just a little bit. Maybe God is working in the difficulty. Maybe he's working in the season of our life. See, the beauty and the frustration of life seasons is that it reminds us that we're not in control. That I don't have control over the circumstances that I'm, you are not in control. You may think you're in control, you may try to be in control, but ultimately you're not in control. And when we realize that we're not in control, there's freedom in that. There's peace knowing that he made everything beautiful in his time, as we just read. That God is the one who is ultimately in control. See, in your notes, our goal isn't to control the season but to trust God in it. Can we trust God in the season that we're going in? Can we move in it? Can we move with it? See, see the challenge is to trust God in the season of our life, to trust him in the difficulties. Even when the season that we're in feels hard and confusing, maybe it feels like it's lasting forever and we're all in different ones. Most of us are not in the same season at the same time as somebody else. And that can be a cause of envy and jealousy from time to time. Because you look around, you look at somebody who's in, a, who's in a season, and they just, seems like everything is going right, and you're in a season, everything is going wrong. And it can be easy to, to be jealous or envious of where they're at. 
We need to realize that God has us in the season that we're in for a reason. See, every season, no matter how difficult, can bring growth and bring wisdom. Just as the forest fires bring growth and new life, these seasons can bring that into our life. The key is looking for purpose in each and every season. What can this season teach me? What can I grow from? What character can I develop in my life as a result? How can I grow from this experience? It says in Psalms 31, verse 14. The psalmist writes this, he says, For I am, but I am trusting you, O God. I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Underline that. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. He's being hunted, he's being preyed upon, he's being chased, people wanna capture him, and he's saying, my future is in your hands. I, I'm, I'm gonna trust you, I'm trusting you because you're my God, and I realize that the season I'm in is in your control, not in my control. What is our perspective on change? Instead of asking, why is this happening to me? Maybe we need to ask a better question. What is this teaching me? What is God working in me? How am I supposed to grow in this difficulty? See, this is a shift in perspective. Not, not why, why did you let this happen to me, but what do you want me to learn out of this? How can I grow closer to you in the difficulty? In your notes, God can turn our toughest seasons into our greatest teachers if we allow it. See, he wants to, to work in us. It says that he who begun this good work is faithful to complete it. God is working in each and every one of us and he's using the situations and the circumstances and the seasons to bring about his glory. And some of us, we're fighting him. We don't want to learn anything. We don't want to grow in the season. We just want it to be over. And God is saying, but I'm using this difficulty to shape you. I'm using the fire to temper you, to bring transformation into your life. And it's natural for us to look to the next season but there's a gift in the present that many of us overlook. There's a gift in the here and now that we may be ignoring. It's a shift in perspective. See, this day, this moment that we're in now, this is a gift. You know, this day is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. We don't know if we'll even be here tomorrow. We don't know. Tomorrow's not promised, but right now we're here, and this is a gift. This is a gift. And are we growing in the season that God has put us in? How can we embrace life and live in the now? How can we reflect on the season that we're in? What is this season teaching you? What is God teaching you through the circumstances that you're facing? And how can you embrace it more fully? How can you make the most of the gift of now, of the present? Remember that each season has a lesson. Each season has a purpose. Each season, in fact, has beauty in it. So can we embrace the change and can we embrace even the difficulties, the storms, with open minds and open hearts, trusting that each season is leading us to where we need to be? Trusting us, trusting that, that, that God has not abandoned us, that God is still in control. Did you know that whatever you face, God is still in control? He's not weaker today than he was yesterday. God is still in control. He is still on the throne. He is still powerful. And he's not caught off guard by the circumstances of our life. Consider the season that you're in right now. Maybe it's a season of building. Maybe it's a season of being torn down. Maybe it's a season of healing. Maybe it's a season of brokenness. And whatever it is, let me challenge you with this, that it is where you're meant to be. 
that this season is where you're meant to be. And it's easy to look around and to compare your winter with someone else's summer. But remember, every season serves its purpose. In Psalm 62, verse 5, it says, Let all that I am wait patiently before God, for my hope is in him. Let all I am wait patiently. Are we willing to wait on God? To wait? to wait for the season to pass, for, to wait for, for, for the deliverance, to wait for the breakthrough, to, to, to wait for whatever it is that he's working in us. He says, let all that I am wait patiently before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. But we're shaken by so many things. We're shaken by the storms. We're shaken by the seasons. We're shaken by the circumstances of life. And here the psalmist is saying, I'm gonna put my trust in you because you are my rock and my salvation. You are my fortress and I will not be shaken. See, navigating life seasons doesn't mean that we just sit back and, and act passively. No, that we actively engage in the present. That we understand that it is part of a bigger picture. That God has us here at this time and this place for a reason. It's, it's about finding joy in the planting and learning in the tearing down and, and, and healing in the morning time and freedom in the dancing. You know, you can't change how the weather feels. Right now, we're, we're in a season. We're in the season of winter. And as much as we would like to change the weather, we can't change it. Right? We, we can't even predict it, much less change it. Right? We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We have some ideas, but you cannot change it. You can't change it. All we can do is maybe change our attitudes towards it. And it can feel helpless sometimes when we're in these seasons. And I realize that I can't change it. We can't change the season, but it's important for us to realize that God is sovereign. What does that mean? That means that God is over all, that he is in control. And in your notes, we need to yield to God's timing. See, God's timing is best. God knows what he's doing. He's not forgotten you. He's not abandoned you. He just has you in a season. And a season may take a while to get through, but on the other side, benefit will come. See, it's, this is on God's timetable, on God's timeline, not ours. Learning to surrender ourselves to him. Waiting on the Lord, as the psalmist says, I will wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on God. Those that wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. You'll mount up with wings like eagles. We wait on the Lord, and this can be incredibly difficult waiting on his timing, but can we rest in God's timing and go with the seasons that God has put us through? I'll close with this verse in John 16, verse 33. He says, Jesus is speaking here. He says, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. I've told you so you can have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Nobody puts that on a t-shirt. Nobody puts that on a cup. Nobody says, this is my life verse, right? Nobody's putting this in their Instagram bio. Oh, here on earth, you're gonna have many trials and sorrows. But these are the words of Jesus for crying out loud right? This is a promise. Oh, I don't feel good about myself now, you know? Sorry. Here on earth you have many trials and sorrows, but that's not it, right? He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus said, I've overcome it. The situation that you're facing, I've already overcome it. And you may not understand what that even looks like. You may not understand how he's overcome it. And it may not be overcoming it in the way that you think is best for your life. But he says, take heart, I've overcome it. 
Oh, does that mean everything's going to be great? Did we just miss the sentence that he said beforehand? You're going to have trials, and you're going to have sorrows, and you're going to have storms, and you're going to have struggles, and you're going to have difficulties, but you can take heart in the middle of those knowing that he has overcome it. He's put this in our heart. He wants us to trust in him. He wants us to, to, to rely on him that the seasons that we're facing It's not the end, that he's working something in us, that we can trust in God. God is the maker of the seasons. He's the one who's made them. He's the controller of the time. And do we trust that God has us in the season that we're in for a purpose, for a time, for a reason, that he's doing a work inside of us, that he's shaping us and he's making us. And maybe your season is very difficult right now or maybe your season is very easy or maybe your season is just boring and you just wish you could move on. Maybe it's a season of growth and education and maybe it's a season of giving. Maybe it's a season of gain or maybe it's a season of loss. I don't know, but don't think that it's a mistake because God has you there for a reason and our time may be limited, but God is still in control regardless. He has us in the season that we're in for a reason. And can we trust in him, trust in him that he has us there for a place, for a time, for a special reason, that he's building in us character, that he's trying to develop us and grow us into who he wants us to be. Are we fighting against that or are we allowing him to do the work that only he can do? Because let me tell you, the more you fight, the harder the season will become. And it's important for us to say, God, just teach me what you want me to learn in this season when we yield our lives over to God he'll bring the transformation he'll bring the good work and we'll get through and it will come to pass and we'll get to the other side for his glory and for his honor let's pray well God we come to you now in Jesus name we thank you for your goodness to us and we thank you for the seasons of life that we all go through some good seasons and some hard seasons but you are good And you are faithful to us in the middle of it all. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus is your Lord, he's inviting you into his family, I believe. It says in the Bible that that if you call on his name that you'll be saved. If you believe that, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you speak with your mouth, say, Jesus, you're my Lord, that you're saved. If you believe that, won't you call on his name? Don't wait another day. We don't know if we have tomorrow promised to us, but we do have this moment now. You call on his name and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. God, we thank you for the seasons. As difficult as they may be at times, we thank you for the seasons that you have us in. For the ups and the downs, the twists and the turns, we thank you for the seasons. Please shape us, mold us, and make us into who you want us to be. Let it all be for your glory, for your honor. We thank you that we are not going through these seasons alone, that even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, that you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us, and you are shaping us, you are molding us, you are making us. You are the potter, and we are the clay. So we just invite you to do the work that only you can do. We invite you to have your way in us and through us. Shape us into who you want us to be. Make us more like Jesus, and it's all for his glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.